Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Save Your Sanity Podcast. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. Are you living with the chaos, confusion, and uncertainty that a toxic person loves to create? Is a partner, parent, ex, sibling, child, or coworker causing you to second-guess yourself? That can be crazy-making. I'm here to help you save your sanity. So let's get down to it and figure some things out now. Stay tuned. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Save Your Sanity. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler, and I'm glad you're here. It means either you found me and you are wanting information, or you've heard of me before and you've decided to join in. Either way, I'm so glad you're here to share this information. Tonight, I'm going to be talking about something that we all really need to understand and to understand really deeply, because if we don't understand it, then we're going to get into some really severe difficulties. And the important thing is to know, um, excuse me, that emotional abuse, it robs you of your peace and your potential. And that is really important to recognize. And that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. But as we're talking about that, if you're finding value from hearing the podcast, I encourage you to go to and become a Patreon. That's a web-based patron. So go to patreon.com slash save your sanity and you can make a pledge there for a dollar or two dollars or five dollars a month to support the work and show that you appreciate the value that you got. So patreon.com slash save your sanity. So ways that we are emotionally abused. I mean, nobody wants to say I am being abused. You know, that's just not what you signed up for consciously at least, and you don't want to think about another person as an abuser, especially someone you chose in your life, if it's your partner, if it's your parent, that's a bit of a different thing. But emotional abuse is prevalent in both of those situations, and it will rob you of your peace and your potential because it keeps you on edge all the time. But it also means that you have diminished capacity for thinking about your future, for thinking about you, for thinking about what you really want, what you would like to be doing in life, what the vision you have for your life is, how you live your values. Um, All of these things are diminished when you are being robbed of the attention that you could give to yourself because you're giving all that attention to another person and usually that other person is demanding it. And that's what makes it even more emotionally abusive. So tonight we're going to talk about seven ways that this happens. Because if you get clarity around this, if you can go, yes, that's exactly what it is. Couldn't quite put my finger on it, but that's what it is. That clarity can have you energized to say, that's not all right with me. On no level is that all right with me. And we want to be clear about that because you have a life to live and you have this opportunity of a lifetime. 
And you want it to be exciting. You want it to be where you're valued. You want it to be where you're seen and heard, known, acknowledged, appreciated, accepted, not abused. That's just not okay on any level at any time, is it? So I wanted to offer you these insights. And the first thing that I want to share with you, though, is some information about trauma bonding, because this is one of the things that has people asking me all the time, like, well, what do I do? Every time I leave, I, I just miss that person so much and I want to go back. And even though I know that it was unhealthy, I have this incredible draw to go back. And that's the trauma bonding piece. And it's kind of like this, a person abuses you. So you recognize that. And then when you get away from them, you want to go back to be comforted by them. Because that's a pattern that you have created together. That's the trauma bond. They hurt you, but then they're the one you look to for comfort. So I wanted to give you some few other ideas to think about in this trauma bonding. And in the book, Betrayal Bonds by Patrick Carney, he talked about a few things that we need to recognize. So I wanted to share them with you when you're thinking about trauma bonding. Are these things happening in your relationship? Is there a constant pattern of non-performance yet you constantly believe the promises that it's going to be different? So they don't do what they'll say they do. They don't do what you want them to do. But they kind of indicate that they may be willing to do something about it. And you get very excited by that. And so you believe it because you so want it to be true. And so trauma bonding happens when there is a constant pattern of non-performance, but when they're called on it, they make a promise that they never deliver on. Or trauma bonding also occurs when the other person is disturbed by something that you said that happened to you or you was said about you, they're disturbed and you're not. That's a very interesting one. Or when you feel stuck because the other person keeps doing distractive things, but you believe there's nothing you can do about it. Well, you can't change another human. We all know that. I've mentioned that many times in the podcast. You can only change you, but that's where your power lies in changing you and what you want and how you say things and what you refrain from saying. Because remember, it's never a good idea to poke a hijackal. Never a good idea. It never gets you anywhere, does it? You know, you can say this was awful and you're terrible and I hate this and you can do all of that and you can describe in great detail what it is you don't like and how awful they are and all that does is make things worse. So once you recognize that you're with an abuser, don't poke at them. That only makes things wrong and more wrong, but you can begin to change who you are. Another aspect of this trauma bonding is you try to change the person into becoming less destructive, and you really know that you can't stop them, but you really keep hoping that you can, and you're kind of caught in that I want to help you, but you reject my help, but maybe this time, and that creates a trauma bond. Or maybe you just keep having the same repetitive, dramatic, damaging fights over and over that nobody wins, but everybody's in turmoil. 
you may be trauma bonded to the fighting because it's the closest thing that looks like love that you receive. Isn't that sad? But you may think that this is being in relationship is always having these repetitive, damaging, destructive fights, but at least the person's engaged with you. So you think, oh, well, that can't be all bad. It is. Now, all these things can be healed. Don't worry. But you have to recognize them first. Another thing about trauma and bonding is you seem unable to detach. You just kind of feel like you can't detach, even though you know you can't trust them, even though you don't like them much of the time, you find yourself having difficulty detaching. Even the idea of moving away from them causes you some fear. That's trauma bonding. And many times people write to me in my membership program or in my Facebook group and say, I moved out, I moved out, but I really want to go back. I don't know if I can fight the urge to go back. That's when you know that there has been significant trauma bonding. Because you go to that person, you're hopeful in that person, you're invested in that person, even though they hurt you, even though they have little regard for you, even though you know they will hurt you again. It's still something that's familiar. So it's important to understand trauma bonding when we start to talk about these ways that they will hurt you. So what's one way that emotional abuse robs you of your peace and potential? Well, you will have diminished self-esteem. Now, they're very happy to help you with that because you know how they like to be demeaning and degrading and dismissive and discounting. And they like to reduce you as quickly as possible to the to the size of a pea. You know, they just need to feel bigger than you, larger than you, more powerful than you. That means you have to be diminished. And especially if they happen to be raging, they will diminish you in very, very sad, abusive ways. I hope you're not experiencing physical or sexual abuse. If you are, go directly to the police if you don't have to go to the hospital first. If you do go to the hospital, make sure you have good photographs. But always, in the case of physical or sexual abuse, report it to the police. Don't ever think, oh, they didn't mean it. Oh, yes, they did. And you need to take action on your own behalf. Very important thing to do. But diminish self-esteem. They're always pushing you down, pushing you down, pushing you down until you start to think there must be something wrong with you. And that certainly robs you of your peace, but it robs you of your potential because who would ever want me? I'm incapable of doing things. Everything that I do, I do wrong. And you know how happy an emotional abuser is to tell you that everything is your fault. So diminished self-esteem is a really big way that they take from you. They take from you. And from this moment forward, please take it back. You know, you don't even like the behavior of the abuser. Why would you care if they like you? If they approved of you, wouldn't that make you the person that was allowing them to define you? And that's a person you don't even like. You know, my mother was a hijackal. And after she passed, I was sitting in my office and I realized that 
what's really going on here? What was it I was waiting for? And it was at that moment, I didn't like my mother. I used to say to her occasionally, you know, if I met you at a meeting, I wouldn't suggest we have coffee. (laughs) She was very, very unpleasant. But there was a part of me that I realized after her passing that was still waiting for her approval. You may have that with your abuser. You're waiting for their approval. Some little thing, just throw me a little breadcrumb to say, good girl. I was waiting for it. I didn't like her. She was racist. She was critical. She was judgmental. She was mean. She was nasty. She was cruel. She was thoughtless. I didn't like her. And then the the light bulb went on. I realized there was a part of me, an unhealed part of me, that was waiting for the approval of someone of whom I didn't approve. That could be going on for you. Think about that. When you think about this emotional abuse that you're experiencing from someone, are you waiting for them to approve of you when you don't approve of them at all? That will definitely diminish your self-esteem. And you can pick up and not have that happening. You can make a decision today to say, oh, no, you know, I don't have to come out swinging. I don't have to come out fighting. I don't have to even come out demanding. I can just stand up a little straighter and say, I see what that is. It's not going to touch me. Get a little Teflon shield for yourself. Okay, that's them. They behave that way. I don't have to let it land. Really be clear about that. They can behave that way, but I don't have to let it land where it can diminish my self-esteem. Now, a second way they rob you of your peace and potential is that they weaken your self-confidence. You start second-guessing yourself. And, you know, they'll say things to you like, I know you better than you know yourself, so you should listen to me. There's a reason you don't have any friends. There's a reason nobody wants you around. There's a reason that I put up with you, but nobody else would. Abusers talk to you that way. You may know that. So it's weakening your self-confidence. And the idea is to flatten you like a pancake. So then they can give you little moments of making you feel good. And you will trauma bond to them more because you'll look to them to feel, for those feel-goods where they're the very ones who are trampling you. And so that's a, that's a robbery in daylight. They're taking away your self-confidence. Now, take it back. Don't allow them to do that. Again, they say, that may be your opinion, but it's not true from my side. And I'm not going to allow that to continue to be something I'm taking in. I am just not going to do that. And as you do that, you'll stand up a little straighter. And you will begin to feel more and more and more strong and equal, and empowered, and it's very important. Don't let someone rob you of your self-confidence because they need power over you. Once you wake up to that, you know, you can fall into these patterns. Often they happen slowly, and they diminish you, diminish you, diminish you, and don't even kind of notice it's happening. But once you notice, once you wake up to the pattern, Then you can say no to it. No, this is not okay with me on any level. We're not going there. I'm not going to have this. 
And so that will increase your self-confidence. And that's a good thing. Every little step, you don't have to go from zero to 60, just step by step, increasing your self-confidence. When they're saying negative to you, you just remind yourself that's not true, and that's not true, and that's not true. You don't have to say it out loud. Just say it to yourself. That's even as powerful. Now, the third way that they rob you of your peace and potential is that they keep you in chronic stress and anxiety. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what their response is going to be. You don't know how they're going to behave. You don't know what mood they're going to be in. And that can cause you to have low-level or high-level stress and anxiety. Now, there's only so much energy in a body, and if a whole lot of it is being used by trying to anticipate or being fearful of somebody else's behavior, that energy is being used up there, and it's not available for you to be doing other things or making other plans. And so it's very important to recognize that that is robbery because they're taking all of that by increasing your stress and anxiety. Now, of course, you have a part in it too, but now that you wake up to that, you say, oh, I noticed that and I was allowing that. I'm not going to allow that anymore. I'm going to learn some strategies and skills. And no, you can always do that. <clears throat> I'm always available to talk to. If you're a new client, you can go to beaclient.com and have a full hour with me for a first-time new client for only $97. So, you know, if these things are making sense to you and you want some help, just go to beaclient.com and we can talk. But if you have chronic stress and anxiety, that is a big, big red flag. Because if it's coming from your relationship, you need to change. You definitely need a change. You need skills and insights and strategies and support <clears throat> so that you can see it for what it is. You can learn how to combat it. You can learn how to empower yourself and you can make decisions. Those are very important components. And if you are feeling as though you have a person who is emotionally abusing you, you will feel that underlying stress and anxiety. And it, it causes disease. You know, one of the things that I know for sure, having worked with thousands of people over my career, is that many, many people who are with abusive people have chronic illnesses, particularly autoimmune and uh, inflammatory diseases, because the body is always on high alert. And the body is always concerned. There was a study done in Canada by Dr. Gabor Mate, and he looked at a small sampling, but I think it's interesting to note because he is a researcher of some note. But he noticed that women, and he only did it on women, women who lived with chronic stress and anxiety had nine times the incidence of developing breast cancer than women who did not live with chronic stress and anxiety. Now, an abuser is definitely a person who creates chronic stress and anxiety. You know, whether you get something like fibromyalgia or you get something Epstein-Barr, 
or any of those things. Or maybe you just have a lot of joint pain or inflammation, and maybe it doesn't even have a name. It could directly be related to this chronic stress and anxiety. And it's important to know that you can make a change. You're not going to allow that to happen to your body, are you? You have to live in that body. So little by little, you know, people ask me all the time, well, now that I've heard you talk, I just know I have to leave. So I'm just going to leave and, and I'm going to take the clothes I have in the back and the children and just go. And I say, no, 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 don't do that. They say, well, why not? They say, because you're taking your disempowered self with you. Yes, leave if there's physical or sexual abuse. But if there isn't physical or sexual abuse, let's work together and have you become more aware of how you've given your power away and take it back. Get better strategies, get a better view of what's going on. And let's work it out till you feel empowered. We've taken care of everything in your relationship. We've tried some things to see what can be fixed and what can't be fixed. You feel confident and you feel balanced. Then you can make a good decision or certainly a better one. So chronic stress and anxiety is a big red flag for emotional abuse. And you may think, oh, I just live with somebody who's had a bad childhood Well, you may. Lots of people have bad childhoods who aren't abusers. They're choosing to behave in that way in many cases, not all cases. Some of them don't know any different or better. But always ask yourself this question. Is there difference in their behavior with people out in the community and then with their behavior with me? Are they charming and delightful at work and at home they're awful? You know, I say so frequently on the podcast that hijackals paint a public picture of perfection and at home they create a private place of pain. So you ask yourself, is that the case? Well, if that's the case, then they're choosing how to behave in each circumstance. They know not to be that place of pain outside of the home, right? So they're choosing it. So you can choose differently as well. So another way that they rob you is that you may go into a depression. Depression can be a way of numbing yourself, to to lower your expectations, to kind of turn internally and give up having expression in the world, of feeling so disempowered that your body has gone into a depression. Now there are two kinds of of depression that are mostly talked about. One is called exogenous depression, which comes from outside the body. So a relationship or a loss or things like that. The other is endogenous depression, which is coming from a biochemical imbalance in your body. It's possible to have both, but you can tell that if you are in an emotionally abusive relationship, you may cope by feeling depressed all the time very fatigued, low energy, little interest. And notice how that robs you of your peace and potential, absolutely and for sure. So if you're feeling depressed, make sure to get some help. Find someone to talk to about the depression, if not the abuse, and get some help with that so you could get your head working again, get your body enlivened. And, and do something differently for yourself on your own behalf. 
And another way that the emotional abusers rob you is they reduce your feeling of, of safety. You should be safe in your own home, right? That's not really an unrealistic expectation that you should be safe in your own home. You know, sometimes when I'm working with couples, and I have couples that I work with all over the world, and I will bring up the question after listening to them for a while, I will say, is there any chance that you treat the checkout person in the grocery store or speak to the checkout person in the grocery store in more civil, respectful, loving ways than you do to your spouse? Because sometimes we have this whole thing backward, you know, Isn't it true that the people you love the most, you should treat the best? And yet we'll be all civil and understanding and lovely out in the community and come home and we have this phenomenon of let your hair down, let it all hang out, be any way you want because it's home. No, that's where the people you love the most are. Treat them the best. So you should feel safe at home. You should actually have the expectation of being safe in your own home in all ways. And if you're emotionally unsafe in your home, then change needs to occur. And it occurs by you becoming aware that you are actually most of the time feeling unsafe. And you may well be unsafe. I've had so many clients who have been threatened with bodily harm, threatened of being abandoned, threatened of being left. Those are insecurities. Those are no possible ways of creating emotional safety in a relationship. Of course, I've had many people who have been hurt, who have been choked, who have been strangled, who have been beat up, who have been sexually assaulted. Home should be a safe place. If when you were a little child, someone assaulted or molested you, that gave you a feeling that home is not a safe place. You may take that into relationships and not expect them to be safe or not even understand that you have that underlying belief that home is not a safe place. And it needs to be. It truly needs to be. Home needs to be a safe place. And the last one I'm going to talk about today is the idea of increased hypervigilance. And it goes along with that safety. Hypervigilance occurs when you start thinking before you ever get home, what mood will they be in? What have I forgotten? What are they going to accuse me of? What do I say? What are they angry about? Did I, in fact, do everything that they wanted? You become hypervigilant. You're always looking over your shoulder and getting your exercise by walking on eggshells. Neither of those things are good. Absolutely not good. So if you notice you have increased hypervigilance, if you start thinking about them coming home and you're already into anxiety, or you start trying to get ahead of the emotional climate, What will I say if they do this? What if they accuse me of that? How shall I behave? And you're constantly doing that. Again, that's an emotional abuser robbing you of peace and potential. You need to be safe in your own home. You need to be safe in a relationship that is supposed to be built on love. 
Because nowhere is there abuse and love at the same time. Those two things do not coexist. Don't let anybody tell you that they do. You know, back when I was a kid, parents would say, you know, I'm going to hit you and it's going to hurt me more than it hurts you. That's abuse. That is just abuse. You don't have to hit kids. There's, that's abuse. Do you want kids to go out and learn to hit other kids? Well, that's where they learn it. So regardless of what happened to your partner or your parent, who is the emotional abuser, you didn't cause it and you can't fix it. They have to fix it and they have to want to fix it. There are more ways that they rob you, but that's certainly enough to get you started, I hope. Now, I, I mentioned, of course, you can always find more editions of Save Your Sanity at SaveYourSanityPodcast.com. Subscribe there. You'll automatically be notified when there is a new episode. And you can go and listen to over 150 episodes. You can also go to my YouTube channel for Relationship Help. There's over 500 videos there for you. That'll keep you busy for a bit. And you can search on those. Did you know that? You can search. Put in the word you want to hear something about and search for the videos. YouTube.com slash for, F-O-R, relationshiphelp.com. And, of course, it's the same as my my, uh, website address. So that'll help you remember. So there's so many things for you. We just redid the website. Now the, the passive-aggressive checklist is up and running. The relationship checklist is up and running again. And we added a new one. Is my partner toxic checklist? So go and have a look at that too. Go to forrelationshiphelp.com. You'll find it. Or if you're thinking you're with a hijackle, go to hijackles.com. It'll take you to that section of the new website. So I hope these things have been eye-opening for you. Maybe they reinforced an idea that you had or you were wondering if it was emotional abuse and now you know it is. So I hope that you can think about these things. Think about what are my best next steps. Don't confront hijackles. Don't poke hijackles. Do your own work. I'll look forward to talking with you again soon. And in the meantime, take very, very, very good care of yourself because you matter. Thank you for joining me on the Save Your Sanity podcast today. I hope you've had some new insights, some ideas and strategies to help you gain clarity and confidence for moving forward toward greater emotional health and safety. You deserve that, and so do your children. If you found value here and would like to support this podcast with a dollar or five each month, please do so at patreon.com slash saveyoursanity. Learn more about how to work with me via video conference, join my optimized circles, or subscribe to this podcast on my YouTube channel at my website, transformingrelationship.com. Talk soon.